Okay, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people in order to learn from each other. Today, I have a former NFL football player on the podcast. We have Thomas Wright on the podcast. Do you prefer Thomas or TJ? Uh, TJ, depending on what we're talking about. We're talking about sports, call me TJ. Got it. Okay, okay. Sports TJ. Uh, TJ is a former cornerback for the Cincinnati Bengals, the Florida Tuskers, and the Jacksonville Sharks. He's also an artist and a businessman and will be diving into the world of American football. And I need to add American in front of football because podcast is listened to by people all over the world. And where I come from and in several other places in the world, when you say football, most they call it soccer here in America. But when we're saying football in this episode, we're talking about American football. So what's up, TJ? How's it going? You're in Texas currently, huh? Yes, sir. I'm in my hometown of Beaumont, Texas. Nice, nice. And the cute thing about Texas, which I just discovered like a few days ago, is that alcohol isn't usually served or permitted on Sundays. Is that correct? That is correct. They are not selling you any liquor in the liquor store on the Sabbath. <laughs> Got it. So it's a religious thing in Texas and it's... Uh, Anyway, it's all good. Uh, Joe Rogan is moving there, so hope hope he has a good time with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, you're in your hometown. You grew up in Texas. Uh, you played college football in uh, Ohio. Talk to me about the kid you were growing up. Um, what was your family like? Uh, where did you grow up in Texas? And what were some of your earliest memories I can remember? Well, I grew up in Beaumont, Texas. Um, come from, uh, I would say, a hardworking, middle-class family that values education and athletics. It's pretty much everybody, you know, played at least varsity or was a cheerleader. They went out to college, got a degree, and a lot of my family is, you know, engineers, working in biology, entrepreneurs, or, you know, been on their job 20, 30, 40 years and kind of moved up through the ranks there. Um, as far as my earliest memories... Oh, what type of kid I was, you know, I was a hyper energetic, inquisitive kid. So, you know, just a lot of energy um, and was stimulated by a desire to, 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 to know how things work, to know the core of things, uh, you know, got a lot of attention. So I always saw the attention out of that and was also very, very, very competitive. So my earliest memories is just playing sports outside and, you know, um, doing it just to be good and thinking about being good within the neighborhood, being good within the city, you know, competing formally in track, you know, at six, seven, and eight. Me and some of the people in my neighborhood, we went to the state track meet when we was like eight years old. We've been competing and doing everything like that. So my resume is video games and sports. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> I, will, I will actually talk about that because uh, from what I understand, you actually participated in multiple sports in high school. Uh, is that correct? Yep, I uh, played four sports. I was athlete of the year in high school. Played uh, baseball, track, basketball, and football. Uh, basketball team ended up winning state. Uh, went undefeated. Was ranked in the nation. Uh, nice. Kendrick Perkins there. Football. We had some of the best talent. Um, Might have had eighteen of my teammates play D one. Two of us actually ended up going to the NFL. So you don't have too many times where two people who played high school ball together in um, track. So I'm from Texas, you know, this is a, a different brand of athletes. I know there's a lot of people out there watching it very athletic. I know you have track running the countries, but we had high school people running 10-1, 10-2, you know, 10-3. So 
So it's just a crazy, crazy environment, a good thing to be a part of. And yeah, I'm just an athlete, love team sports, love to compete. And I usually, you know, I like community. So I like representing who I, what I represent, whether it be my hometown, college, or the city. When you get to the pro level, you know, at the Olympic level, it could be the, the nation. Got it. Got it. And, you know, just for the benefits of most of our listeners. So I, I can imagine that most people listening to this right now don't know a lot about football or American football or maybe even sports in general. Uh, I, for one, I grew up uh, in West Africa in Nigeria and the popular sports was soccer or football, as we call it. I When I came to the U.S., uh, I had a brother in Chicago and the first sport I was exposed to was baseball. I think he wanted to take me to like... Um, a Bears game or something. And I I saw that the game could go on for like hours and hours. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there watching this sport for like, everything was just different for me. But talk to me about what the first sport, sport was that you interacted with as a kid. Was track your first love or was football your first love? Uh, definitely football because I'm from Texas. So my city is a football city. At one point, uh, I was known for putting arguably the most people in the league during the 70s and the 80s. Uh, where I'm from is football. Bas- basketball is my true personal first love. Uh, but just what I started playing first is football. So the same way people go to the park and, you know, you point people out. That's how we used to do it, football. Just wait on the sideline. Probably seven years old. Age range probably seven to like 19. So, wow. you know, you have grown people who play a tackle. And now it's had this game called Sideline Stick. Sideline side Stick. stick. Mm-hmm. You play touching the street, but if you go on somebody's grass, Stuck, tackled. So, you know, you'd always catch the ball on the street, try to get to the grass. Like I was seven years old, he used to just throw me. So that's my earliest memories, just getting tossed around. And then track, track was formed, but track lasts in the spring. So that's how track came later. Unless, you know, of course, when you're young, everything is informal. So we're talking about just racing to the yep. light. You know yep. what I mean? So, so who's the most popular football player that came out of Texas? Texas in general? I don't know. Adrian Peterson, Earl Campbell. That's a hard one. Texas is thousands thousands. <laughs> thousands. Vince Young. I don't know. Like, Got it. Got it's it. So cool. You don't even know who's from Texas to even answer that question. Like, the state Well, I guess, well, I guess <laughs> maybe we'll say college. Who, who, was, who was the most popular uh, player that came out of a Texas college? I was going to be Adrian Peterson or Vince Young. Because Vince Young played the um, best college game in the history of sports. But it's really college players. In the history of sports, not the history of football? I mean, history of college football. So got I mean, it, got it. College football. The game against Matt Liner. Okay, and, okay. Uh, let, let's break down football for, for a second here because some people, I for one, what I know about football is a bunch of people who are trying to get from one line to the other line. That's all I know about football. I know nothing about football. So if you want to explain football to people who haven't like heard about it before like let's start from the structure of the team like what is a typical team made of like like how many players do you have on each team uh in the typical game so football teams are about 53 guys on each team 53 Uh, yeah 53 guys because you have 11 people on one side of the ball each time so anytime you're playing a football game you have 22 people on the field Uh, you have offensive defense one group of 11 is trying to score on the other group of 11. So they run the various plays. You have 100 yards to score. You have four downs to continue to try to get another four downs. So you use what, what's a down? Play. A down is a play. So they put the ball down. You run a play. 
if that play doesn't score, you have three more chances to get 10 yards. And if you don't get 10 yards, then you have to give the ball up. Oh, so that means you have four times to get the ball from one half of the field to the other. And if it's more than four times, then you have to give the ball to the other team. Yeah. And you get it from you get it down the field in increments of 10 yards. So you get four tries to get 10 yards. And you trying to gain 10 yards. What try to get 10 yards? I try to run with the ball or throw the ball, pass the ball, pass a 10 yard length without the other team catching it or preventing you from. Every time you get 10 yards, you get another four downs. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, yeah, you got 100 yards, four chances to get 10 yards. Every time you get those 10 yards, you get another four chances. And you just kind of follow that script until you score or don't score. If you don't score, the other team's 11 get the, Gets the ball. Oh, that, that's almost similar to soccer because in soccer also, you also have 11 players on each side, but it's kind of like a free-flowing game. Um, so yeah. I, I guess unlike football where you have like the downs, so that's like the break, then you try again to make another play. Soccer is like a continuous free flow unless there's like a tackle or a foul that the referee then needs to award like a, a free kick or something. Exactly. So one of the rumors is basically rugby Football and soccer come from the same core group of people who couldn't agree what to do with the football. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So the genesis is kind of all the same. Um, American football is definitely closely related to rugby. And I play soccer as well. So it's a lot of things you can take into the soccer game uh, from football. Um, and then some of the core things about footwork, cutting. And all that yep, yep. Oh, it's it's in fact it, it makes so much sense that you played soccer because maybe we can relate uh, some of the things we're talking about between football and soccer. So just like in in soccer, when you have like a particular role per player, so you have the defenders on one side, the midfielders on one side, and the the strikers or the attackers at the front. Do you have similar roles in in football as well? I hear all these names: the cornerback, yep. the quarterback. What are the typical roles you have? And what what? Oh uh, yeah, typical roles is you have. Lineman in skill position. That's a good way to keep it super simple. Skill positions are the people that's going to touch the ball. Then you have the people on the interior who are going to protect or disrupt those mm. plays. Also, oh, the linemen are the, are the big guys that prevent the steel guys from crossing over. Yeah. And then Got everybody it. has to consider the skill because they have to have some type of individual understanding, a unique understanding to execute to help us do all these different tiny things inside the process. But yeah, so quarterback is probably most like the forward, you know what I'm saying? The flashy superstar, Ronaldo, always ready to score. Um, you know, wide receivers may be strikers, cornerbacks, like defenders. Every time I've transitioned to look to get onto a soccer team, they usually start me at right defender or something like that, something that's natural, right? It's a natural transition. And then, you know, try to work to become a forward or something like that, a score, but develop your offense. But yeah, that's how football is just without getting too complicated. And then, like I said, you have 22 people on the field at any given time. So each person has their own role, right? From offense to defense, either in the line or your skill player. So does it mean that the skill players have to be the faster players if you're running like the flanks or whatever? Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be in your best interest. I mean, so, <laughs> you're not fast. Yeah, if you're not fast, you have to be really, really smart because it's about, you know, sports at the end of the day, all sports are about angles. So it's just like soccer, right? It helps to be fast, but a lot of soccer players don't have to be fast. You, But the slower you are in soccer, the more skilled you're going to have to be, right? You're going to have to be really skilled with the ball. You're going to have to really understand space. And you're still going to have to make sudden movements 
within your range, which is still going to be being smart. So you're going to have to give a certain distance where maybe somebody fast, you could crowd them for the ball. You're going to have to give them a distance. You know, you have to play different angles or you're going to have to do different things. So the same way in football, you know, it's a lot of overachievers who actually get make the field, but the least athletic you are, you have to be extremely smart. Smart. Okay. And who controls the play? Is it right to say the quarterback is the one that controls where exactly each play, like each 10 yard, the quarterback is the one that gives the play and decides how, what strategy in advancing the ball yeah, forward? Definitely. On offense, it's the quarterback. On defense, it's linebackers and safety. So, yeah. So, who's the, who's the head linebacker? Is that something? Is that a word? Is that a thing? A linebacker that controls linebacker. all other linebackers? Yeah, it's typically the middle linebacker. They usually end up being like the team captain on defense and things like that, call the plays in the huddle. And then, yeah, after that, it'd be the, uh, the free safety. Got it, got it. What about the scores? Are, are, is the score like really simple? Like if there's a touchdown, then that's one? Uh, six. Or, uh, six points. Six points for every touchdown. Three points every time you kick it through. So you kick it through the uprights. It's three points. You get six points if you score. Then you get a free kick after every score to try to make it seven. So wait, you get you get a free kick after every three point score to try to make it. No, nah, okay. Nah, so okay. every time you score, you get six points, and then you get a free kick after that. If you get down and you use your four chances, and you get down to your fourth chance, and you can choose to go for three points. Mm. So typically, like, so the field is broken into a hundred yards. After people cross fifty yards, they typically if they can't score in those four downs. Instead yeah. of trying to pull them that fourth down, I usually a kick and try to get three points. From the 50-yard line? Isn't that uh, – well, for a football player, I would say that's not a far position, but for me yeah, – well, like, yeah. in, in NFL, 50-yard kicks are becoming something that people expect you to make. To get a 50-yard kick, you still have to get the ball to like, like 35 or something like that. Um, but, yeah, 50 yards. Right about 50 yards is where you can start to expect people to be a threat to score. Got it, got it. So what's a typical – um, I guess it's more valuable to have a touchdown since you have six points then. But what's like the typical yeah. scoreline? Like in football, typical scorelines are like 3-1, 2-2. Like we don't score a lot of goals. 21-17, 28-21. Okay. You're going to get 21 points, 21 to 24 points. And how long does a game last? 48 minutes. So, okay. So no, about 15-minute quarters, my bad. 48 minutes is like college. Okay, so 48 minutes, that's like three, four touchdowns in like a 48-minute period or something. Yeah. Okay. And that's the, like I say, college that 60 minutes is a 15 minute quarter is the lead. Um, and then, yeah, typically defenses ask offenses to score 21 to 24 points. You expect that, and offenses expect you to hold the other team to like 17 points. Got so it. They I, usually think that they can score three touchdowns, and you're trying to give up less than three touchdowns. Got it. And you talked about college real quick. Like, how important is college to get into, like, the NFL? Like, I would imagine, like, there are other leagues in the U.S., but, like, the NFL is kind of, like, the biggest, most popular league with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Must, right now, you, go to, must you play college to get into the NFL? What's that process like? Yeah, you have to go to college till you're 20 years old. So you can't go 20. to the NFL yeah, till you're 20 years old. So there's a specific yeah. age limit. It's not like you have to pay one year of college ball or two years of college ball. You have to be 20. What if you enter college as a freshman when you're 20? Well, then you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's not too many people who don't go. But it's always kind of all exceptional stories. Like a lot of people rebuild their lives. Like they might have been in a lot of trouble as a juvenile. Then they finally start to become an adult. And they change over, and then they find themselves 
you know, in the league somehow, different hard luck stories. But yeah, typically, most people, majority of people, I would definitely, without having the real stats to say, 95 to 98% of people went to college for at least two years. Wait, but what's the average age of getting to college in the U.S.? Is it 16 or 18? 18. 18. Okay, so most people, their sophomore year, then they leave to go yeah. play in the NFL. Okay. And what's well, the that's whole... still exception. Most people don't lead to their senior, but there are a lot of exceptions who leave early. I mean, just, unlike basketball, most people in football. Why? Why don't they leave? Because it's a more physical sport and a college-sized player can't survive? Sport. Yeah, it's definitely more physical sport. And it's more intellectually demanding. So I think that one of the bigger misconceptions about American football players is that, that they aren't smart. But it's just about the priorities. I think your priorities determine, you know, how much you're going to get out of anything. And most football players didn't make football their priority. But the bigger thing about football is you're going to have three, 400, three or 400 plays. So you have a playbook that's probably this thick. I think that's a huge part of it, too. Now, the physicality is a good part, but just the mentality, you know what I mean? Um, you still, even at 22, 23, sometimes a little too young to be in that. So when you talk about when you talk about plays, because I've heard things like the Heisman Trophy, I need to take a certain test to rate you on. Are you here that oh this quarterback scored low on this test? I think there's a particular standardized test that everyone takes. Is it to test what what do you call it? It's called a wonder lick. A wonder lick <laughs> test, exactly. That's the one. And some people even like brag. You hear some sports presenters bragging that they took the wonder lick test and they're smarter than this person or that person. Like, how much of cognitive ability do you really need to play football? You you talked about 300, 400 plays. Does that mean if the coach says do ABC play, you need to do it to the T as specified in the playbook? Is that what it means? Yeah. So uh, you need a lot of kindness. Ability. Well, you basically thinking like, uh, like imagine how code works, right? Code works on a bunch of if-then principles. Football is a bunch of if-then principles, and I can't speak for every every position, but I play cornerback, and so my position is also a bunch of deductive reasoning. So you're doing deductive reasoning in real time. So, like if-then, if you might have two wide right receivers and you're reading the inside receiver if he comes out at you under five yards and he's your man if he goes more than five yards and you have to look back at your man and take him man to man if he goes inside then you have to see what your man does and then check that this dude coming if they go in motion then you have to do this if then if then if then then at my position as a corner as i'm facing receiver if he goes outside he can only run pretty much three routes right outside release he's gonna run a streak comeback or some type of stuttering go. He go inside, then he got like 12 routes he can run. Then as you get further up the field, these routes drop off that he can run. So it's a route called a slant route. If he went inside a slant route, is at five yards, three steps. But if he goes past five yards, now it's automatically like, there's no way he can run a slant because we got a slant territory. Then we have to wow. go to the next point of attack where plays are made, which is 12 to 15 yards. So now we have 12 to 15 yards. He has probably three to five things he can do. He can do a dig, he can do a corner, he can do a curl, he can do a stutter and go, he can do, you know what I mean, a post. So he has these five things at 12 to 15. So that's his, gets the 12 yards have to watch his step in his body lean, see what he's gonna do to tell me the next things, all right? And then we get to 20 yards. So it's like, it's just dropping off. So at the beginning, because you go inside or outside, I'm now one person and he can do 20 things to me. But if you went outside, 17 things are now eliminated. Because when you go outside, you're only going straight. You're going straight and stop. Are you going to make me think you're going to stop and go? Are you going to stop, go, and then stop again? It's four things. And all right? this is happening in real time. So all this is happening in real time. The average it sounds complicated. Like, like you have to 
determine based on what's what's going on exactly. Rapid decision making. Remember, you got a high stress environment. The first thing to go on, you tired is your brain. You tired. You got a bunch of people screaming profanities at you. And you don't know what your relationship is going to be with your own teammates, your coaches, yourself. You don't know what previously happened. It's a high stress environment, and you're making a bunch of decisions. And the fan, not to talk about the 100,000 fans that are screaming at you <laughs> every second. Yeah. Wow. Does, does that mean there's no, if you need to follow the playbook to the T, does that mean? There's no, like when I think about soccer, right, there's a lot of room for creativity because if there's, obviously there, there are plays and everything with the formation, what the coach wants you to do, okay, you support the striker, always give it to the middleman, blah, blah, blah. But once you get the ball, once you're with the ball, there is still some wiggle room to be a little creative. You can choose to, you know, drive in, pass, fake, blah, blah, blah. Does that mean football doesn't give enough room for creativity or some people choose not to follow the playbook and do their own thing and maybe make a run for it or something, if that makes sense? Yeah, but see, when you do your own thing, you're either going to mess it up or you're going to get took out the game. So it's a balancing act. And like in football, you can do what you want, but it better work, right? (laughs) You're going to have some... uh, you're going to have some problems. So, yeah, it's a little less room for creativity because football is also about um, teamwork and learning how to exist in a hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's also about being able to, um, I don't think... To work as a unit. Authority figures, right? Without, not verbally, but you edifying your authority figure by running the play that they call, right? So, uh, quick story, when I was in ninth grade, I used to play quarterback. The last game of the season, uh, last play, we had a run play called... Me and the wide receiver, he said, nah, throw me the ball. I decided to change the last play of the game to throw him the ball instead of running it. Threw it to him, catches a perfect streak, goes down the field and score. We think it's all good. Coach comes to me and just cusses me, just chews me out, right? Don't you Did you guys win? Yeah, we won. Game was already won. Uh, this dude was about, like I said, we was a nationally ranked basketball team. This dude was one of the people that was like, so we had to choose and specialize at our high school. You know, eventually you had to choose most people. You know, we could have yeah. been even better football. We could have let more of our basketball players play, but like I said, it was national. It was known he was going to go be one of the starters on the basketball team. You know what I mean? Like, so he didn't care much about football. Yeah, it's not, yeah it's, you know, I wouldn't say we didn't care, but we didn't care. Like, it was a good kind of didn't care. It wasn't a, I don't care. It was just like, look, bro, we finna go out with a bang. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Does does everyone on the field? Does everyone on the field operate under the same plays? Is there a standardized play for all teams in the NFL or each team that's yeah, to so make that's their why, own play? That's why the three levels. That's why the early you start in football is better. You have basic basic plays. You know, uh, run left, run right, sweep left, sweep right, slant, curl, streak. It's probably like six or seven just basic plays that everybody run. Defense, you're going to run cover one, cover two, cover three your whole life, right? So that is the basics. They lay out some super vanilla, bland plays. It's going to get ran. So what's the best um, time to start and to, then, to put your kids in a football program? How, how early do people start playing football? Well, people start as early as they want to. But I personally think you should start to eighth grade, something like that. Ninth grade, especially if you want to get serious, I think you should play as early as you want to. The ninth grade is that what that? Is that like thirteen? What? How old is that? Freshman high school. Oh, got it. Because it's a lot of stress. You putting your body in a lot of stress. Uh, sometimes the early you start, you gonna produce a burnout, and it's not gonna get serious till about high school. So you can do all this stuff to get ranked as a fifth grader, but 
you know, is that really going to help you when you're in the 12th grade? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I don't. I think at the end of the day, it could you know kind of backfire and maybe take your childhood from you, unless you as a child really, really want that that love and intensity. I think you should start working super light weightlifting as far as formation. And I'm talking about like getting a broom and just working on form. You know, probably around 50, like okay. bands, like elastic bands. You know, I'm because it gets it. Football is super intense, uh, and it's gonna produce both the emotional and the mental burnout along with that physicality. And, I, and then you could be, I think you'd be setting yourself up to get like a sports hernia. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that having a sixth grader out there just... Because your body hasn't people. developed 100%. Yeah, your body haven't developed, your emotional spectrum haven't developed, your your mind still got all these ways to catch up. And you putting grown man pressure to be, you know, existing as a little boy. And all of us know once your childhood over, it's over. You know what I mean? Right, I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. But some people end up having like a 10-year career in the NFL. Like, what do those guys go through? Like getting slammed every night and putting all that pressure on your mind. But I guess as a grown man, it's easier, right? Yeah, you grown. And the older you get, the more you have real world. So football stress and problems dwarf once you become a person and you have real world challenges. You know, challenges don't stop just because you got money. You know what I mean? So I have to deal with something. You know, fame comes with its own things. You just have to even learn how to manage your own fame. Or your own. And at the higher up you go, you get a team. So you get specialists. Not only do you have your own team doctors, but you can create your own personal community of massage therapists, chiropractors, PDA, you know, foot doctors. People can look at your hip. You can have all these different specialists, nutritionists. So the thing about managing the season is also your preparation. So the reason you live in waste most times is injury prevention and to get your body used to that stress so the people play longer just take care of their body you know what i mean they're doing the right things after practice they're eating the right thing you know they're doing the preparation and that so you know from 22 23 to 35 36 37 that's different what i was getting at is people who loading up their eight-year-old or loading up they nine you know what i'm saying or loading up your, your 12 year old um, I guess when they, when a lot of parents look at that NFL contract, a lot of people <laughs> would want their kid to start early enough so uh, by 20, on their 20th remember, birthday, they can be in the NFL. Yeah, but do you remember Freddie Adu? I have no idea. He's a soccer player that went pro at like 14. Freddie um, Adu. Yeah, is that his name? Freddie Adu? Well, let me go look him up. Yeah, what team do they play for? Freddie let me Adu. Let me look him up. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. He was this phenom, you know, they put him in a grown man environment thinking he was going to be pay late till he was 40. He just kind of burnt out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that makes sense. That happens to a lot of youngsters. Uh, I mean, I used to support Arsenal Football Club and that was their specialty to get these 17-year-old, 16-year-old to come into the league. And a lot of them just play two seasons and they're gone or a season and they're yeah, gone because they, mean, they can't stand to, the pressure. Yeah, you got dudes who ain't went on their first date yet. You got dudes that can't get in the club. You got all this stuff and you just, Ryan just just loading them up, yelling at them. Like, it's the mental side and it's the emotional side, you know? Like, as men, we have to grow into becoming a man. You know what I mean? You don't want to pick by a man too early. It that makes sense. Negative. That makes sense. But I guess every every young footballer's dream, you know, regardless of when they start, is probably to to play in the NFL. You got to play in the NFL. What's that process like? How do you get into the NFL? Do Everyone that plays in the NFL, is it... Do they have to go through the draft? Are there other ways? What about if you play abroad? Like, what's that whole process like getting into the NFL? Yeah, it's a bunch of different ways to get into the pro, into the NFL. The most straightforward way is to enter the draft. You basically, you want to be a contributing 
member to a winning organization your senior year. That's probably the most important. Your senior year is the most important. Yeah, Mm. like you leave early, but when you're a senior, you have to leave, and then they're going to come and do combines. You know, they're going to run at your campus or campus within the And the combines are those exercises they get potential draft picks to come do to test their speed, their, I don't know, jump, throw, all those things. Okay. Yep. So they're going to basically allow the whole pool of athletes to create a weed out process for themselves based on these numbers from standardized tests. You know, and that happens it, one day. What if you're sick that day and you don't run as fast? That's on you, right? You. <laughs> you, do that, you have to call around and get into as many as you can. And you have to I mean, doesn't your college record speak to your history at all? If you have a stellar college record and you don't perform well in the combine, does that affect your chances into being drafted? Oh, it definitely does. So it's mm-hmm. a bunch of factors. You never know. I mean, you know, because we're dealing with humans. It could be a number of reasons why somebody picked that. It might owe your, your agent a favor. It could be anything. But as far as you not performing at Pro Day, yes, it's going to speak volumes and it could definitely hurt you. It gets you undrafted or not invited at all. The best interest is to run as fast as you can. Speed is the one thing that can't teach you. Any athlete watching this, when you get your chance and they want to test you the fastest time you could possibly run, this includes the big guys in the line. You all have a responsibility to be fast as well. Oh, the and liners also have to be fast, but they're just protecting you know, the... I'm saying if you somebody that you can't just right right now guarantee you're going to be drafted and be like, this dude needs to stop talking because I'm going to be the number one pick. Then you can fill your fate with speed. Like speed is something that can't be taught. And speed is going to always bump you to the top of the list. The one thing that – because you got all these unknowns, and the one thing that if you want to be like something to help you sleep at night is knowing that you fast. And if you play a position where people are not usually fast, like the line, and how would it hurt to be a super explosive line quarterback that's really got wheels or – you know what I mean? But one thing you, you want to focus on is your speed. Now, your film going to speak for itself, but, you know, like you need that thing. If you like, I need that thing that's going to just make people pay attention to me, I would definitely say focus on Okay, okay, makes sense. So uh, going from college to the combine and entering the draft is one way. What other ways uh, can you get into the NFL? So... They have regionals and super regional things that you could pay money for. They have something called the Spring League. And that's really it. Like you can go play in other leagues because you're going to need film. Film is your resume. They want to see your most recent film. And then they might invite you to work out. But you know what I'm saying? It gets tricky when you play like CFL, when you play arena, because those are completely different games. Also, these are completely different leagues that they're not in the business of just training you to go make millions in the NFL. So you may end up getting locked in the contract. You may end up to where they may or may not view these two types of film the same. And the main other thing, if you ain't, uh, you know, drafted, is you're going to have to network and get your connections up. And that's something that a lot of young people are afraid to do. Or sometimes you... Is that even allowed as a college student? You talked about having an agent. Can you have an agent as a college student? Now, you can have an agent, but you can start to network. You can have a LinkedIn page, and you can start to hit up scouts yourself, and you can start to post things and, and, and do things with teams. You can set yourself up for an internship with a team. Like, you have to get creative. Oh, really? Way around. Yeah, I mean, because you're still a person. Like, who's to stop you from getting a sports internship with the, with the Vikings based on your major? I mean, when when I hear something like that, it gets tricky because uh, from what I understand, college uh, amateur athletes are not allowed to be compensated, right? Or is this a free internship we're talking about? 
three internship. I'm talking about thinking about yourself as a student who happens to be an athlete who strategically positions yourself to make worthwhile connections. Like every other student, you just happen to be a part of a football team. Somebody else might be a sorority person. Somebody else might be a part of the row team. You know what I mean? But now y'all make up this cluster. But it doesn't hurt for you to say, well, I could go, you know, intern at Merrill Lynch or I could go do take this sports intern with the 49ers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hella people that was ball boys, you know what I'm saying, before they played for the team or the soap peanut. I guess that, that makes a lot of sense because yeah. now you have a lot yeah. of people actually hiring, like marketing people to handle their social media. And you have these high school sports people having like a million followers on Instagram showing their real. That's a way of marketing themselves. And maybe depending on where you go to school, you can actually network and have these roles on some of these teams. So they know who you are. So it's easier to invite you for a tryout and things like that. Yeah, because they know you. And you put yourself on the map. And I mean, because you're a person too. So the thing about eliminating student athletes from being scholastically inclined or from participating, it kind of defeats the purpose. Because one of the things people love to complain about is that, you know, football players don't want to do nothing or be nobody. But then you got a lot of things that exclude you from doing stuff and being somebody. So, you know what I mean? Like, you can't tell this because it's highly unlikely. Like, 1% of athletes go to the pros. So why not get this sports marketing intern? Because you probably might get invited to camp, be on the team for three weeks in the preseason, but you could still work for the organization another three, four, five years in some office position because you set yourself up. I'm just – basically, if anybody watched this that haven't – that's, you know, you know in your heart whether or not you're going to be a first-day guy or a second-day guy. If you got doubts about that, you need to start thinking – super strategic and creative about ways that you don't get yourself scouted. Don't, if you want to wait on somebody, you might wait for them. So you don't have to that think makes about sense. It. That makes sense. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Is it still the same way it was? Uh, I can imagine like in the 90s, all teams have scouts and they send their scouts or maybe they have affiliate, they are affiliated with some coaches and the coaches send them some videos and things. They go to watch some college games to try to recruit. Is that still the way it happens right now? Uh, besides like you reaching out yourself as a player or there are other ways to showcase yourself? To yeah, no, nah, definitely still happening. There's scouts everywhere, and you never know when you get scouted because not only the scouts, it's former players, it's people, cousins. You know what I mean? Like, anybody can pick up that phone. Definitely, um, scouts are definitely still are regional scouts um, or, or a major part of what's going on. You know, uh, you got people like, it's a great player named Brian Erlach who went to a super small school, so without a scout, you know, the football would have never been able to see Brian Erlacher. You have um, a lot of the players currently, and especially in the past, used to go to historically black colleges and universities. HBUs are often in, you know, super small towns in the deep south. So, you know, you have to have good scouting to go find these people. So scouting is a huge part of what's going on. Just the only game that changes is just like as, a, as an artist or a musician, right? As an artist, you can put your own single out now and not have to get a label. And as an athlete, you can put your own film out now. So that's the only difference. Scouts still definitely do their job. Remember, scouts can only be where they can be. That's why I'm encouraging everybody to take that initial step because you're going to wait for him to spine you in, you know what I'm saying, super small Wisconsin's, or you're going to let him log into a little online account and you just keep popping up on his, on his feed until he be like, you know what? Let me look at so that means that where you go to college is also very important, right? 
when you're making your college decision? Uh, yep, definitely. It is definitely a business decision where you're going to sign that dotted line. But, you know, don't put too much emphasis on it because the game changes because everybody playing on TV. But I would definitely try to get somewhere who playing on TV. It don't have to be D1, but if you D whatever, do we go play on TV in the playoffs? Right. Boom. Go to playoffs and play on TV, then you're going to get scouted. You can get some TV games. Um, but, yeah, where you go to school matters. But more so where you go to school is the mind frame you take where you are. So, Is there a particular – Yeah. Is there a very unusual story in NFL history that this guy, he never went to college or he went to college in a super small school and this is how he got into the NFL, something that was, uh, that that's widely uh, known uh, yeah, as a very unusual story. story? Yeah, it's a bunch of those. I mean, the most recent one, I forgot the dude's name, but it's a dude who basically slept in his car, drove to the camp. Uh, oh, I think I remember that guy. He, the, the dude who went to school in New Jersey or something, like on the East Coast? At the Braves, played for the Browns. Uh, he went to school with one of the coach's sons, I think, and he wasn't invited to the camp, but he showed up like, yo, I know I know somebody who knows you. And the dude's like, oh, that's crazy, you do? And then he ran a super fast time, and he kind of just finessed his way in from there. And like I said, his speed, once he showed the speed, it was over. But he did what he had to do put himself to get in that position. That was in the last two years. He didn't go to college. He bounced around, slept in his car, drove up there, kind of just finessed his way in, made it. You know, they're like, I thought that was your boy. I thought that was your boy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he took initiative to to make sure that he got seen. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes it's sense. Uh, like I said, it was had juvenile problems. So, you know what I'm saying? They was in like super, super serious trouble. Um, and then they got out. And they were able to get that chance based on their reputation from the past athletically and was able to turn their life around. It's a lot of people who left it their sophomore year. You know, it's these, like I say, these regional combines. Somebody going to run a super fast time at those every year and get invited to camp. Um, you know, so um, the NFL is just definitely filled with stories. I think 40% of the starters in the league was undrafted. So 40%. Wow. So that means there's something wrong with the drafting process. That's what that yeah, means. Everybody knows that, yeah. So it's been it's been known that the drafting process is flawed because it's based on how fast you run. How fast you run doesn't determine anything but how fast you run. Yeah, because I hear about I'm I'm not a football fan at all, but I, I know about what's his name? Is it Ryan Leaf in nineteen ninety-eight or ninety-nine? I know about him because of pop culture. Like it was so his uh unsuccess, let me put it that way was so popular that I know about him. So it's like... And yeah, he was just in a different time too. So I think the things that got him in trouble back then wouldn't even got him in trouble like that nowadays. But yeah, I mean, his approach to the game at that time is also what led to his demise. And that's what happened with a lot of ball players. Your approach to to the game. And if any college players, especially people go to obscure uh, universities, that's what uh, addresses your approach to the game. And... Like, who determines what's an obscure university? You do. Like, a lot of athletes themselves have very negative thoughts. And that's why I want to have athletes. So if you if you go to Holy Cross and you think can't nobody go to the league from Holy Cross, then nobody will go to the league. But you have other players, like, even if you have so much belief in yourself, like, what about your team? If your team doesn't make it to, uh, I don't know, the D1 finals or, you know, whatever it is, like, won't that hurt your chances? Or they'll look at your role specifically and, and what you did. You have to super shine, but it's a known fact that the most people in the all-star teams in any sport come from the winning team. There's a 
uh, I guess it's called imperfect syllogisms, right? Is where you make these false associations, but those things live and they live in sports. So there's always going to be that the best team has the best players. Best team going to put the most people on the all-star team. You make it easy for yourself by running fast and winning. You know what I mean? That's why I say you want to be a contributing member to a winning organization your senior year. Set yourself up for them to be like, okay, well, how fast are you run? And sometimes they're looking for you to put up a number, and then sometimes they're just looking for you to move fast enough for to be like, can he play a game speed? Because it's, like I said, yes, the system is so flawed, but they haven't come up with a perfect system to get deep into the metrics of what matters because there's game, there's real speed, then there's game speed, then there's game speed, then there's game execution, right? So some dudes think about why we haven't seen more people who are Olympians come take over football because they're not ready for football. Like they got the speed part, but they get wide open, the ball hit them all in the head. You know what I'm saying? They can't catch nothing. They always got to pull a hamstring. You know what I'm saying? So what good is it to be? A uh, nine, a uh, nine, nine, eight, hundred guy, and your hamstring always pull or the ball. You know what I'm saying? You can't even duct tape your body hands. You know what I'm saying? And then you got some dude. You run a nine, nine, but you don't know nothing about football. I run an eleven. If we had to run a hundred, but I know football. I'm gonna jam you. I'm gonna physically. You know what I'm saying? And ruin your whole little day for three seconds. You know what I mean? So. There's so many different factors, but you, the way to get in is just you got to master the system. The system is through the 40 and the timing and the combine and the like drills, the L drill and whatnot. But if you talk to people who know football, they will admit that that is flawed. So when you say it's a flawed system, everybody knows it. it's just right now the answer is that's just the way it is. Got it. Got it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And we can go on and on. I'm sure, you know, football is a very complex subject. Like I know nothing about it. We're just trying to you know, introduce some of our listeners to what it is, particularly people listening from outside the U.S. But let's talk about some of the other stuff you do. So um, after you you left the NFL, like you were into music, I guess you were always dabbling into music here and there. And you're part of a band called Orion's Belt. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. I'm part of a band called Orion's Belt. Make a particular type of music called Trap Rock. A lot of people say they have not heard of it. So I don't know if we pioneering it. You know what I mean? We're one of the early people in the genre, but basically just mixing, you know, trap, rock. So just hardcore lyrics, uh, deep American urban culture aesthetics, and just that uh, grunge, you know, early 90s, that energy, that rock energy, and, you know, taking that and making it morphing into something else. Um, personally, been doing music since I was in like the fifth grade. So I'm somebody who's a late bloomer who came onto the map late as far as sports. So I always play for my own enjoyment and then everybody else started to recognize what I could do later. So I've been more serious as an artist. I guess I existed as a regular person uh, for a very long time. So I've always, I guess, shown promise in other areas before football. The scenario I laid out early is I got into football. I ran my fast time and it counted. I had a productive senior year. We won and that's how I got in. You know what I mean? But football, sport, music... Uh, probably got serious about music around the 10th grade. Recorded my first mixtape probably in 10th grade. Was doing music when we was in school. We opened up for David Banner. So it's me, yeah, it's me and probably like six dudes on the team. Put a rap group together on the football team called the Million Dollar Athletes. Funny thing about that is out of all of us, it was six of us. Four of us actually went to the league. So that was interesting. You know, getting invited to camp or sticking around. One of us actually played in the Super Bowl. So that was 
interesting for that little click that we had. But yeah, we was doing our thing. Like I said, we opened up for David Banner, Keisha Cole, Bobby Valentino. Uh, was pushing little tapes, shot a little video. It was definitely something that's, that's been big on me. And after I got picked up, I uh, was able to start to buy my own equipment, recording, start getting more serious. And Trap Rock came about from putting my experiences together, you know, uh, from a environment. My high school is 99% black hip hop culture. Got to college, school is 99% white rock culture. I so just fused those two together. Mm-hmm. I think, it, I think mm-hmm. it's genius, to be honest, because rock used to be the biggest genre in music for the longest time. And I think hip hop took over two, three years ago to be the biggest, but rock should still be number two, if I'm correct. So just having those two together automatically gives you a wider fan base. So, right. And then through the research, you know, the, number, the thing that they have in common is both of those genres listen to R&B. So people in rock and people in hip hop both listen to R&B and they don't want to listen to rock or hip hop. So the common denominator is the rhythm and blues, right? So that just means melody, you know what I'm saying? Baseline, all the things that's found in R&B, right? So R&B can be seen as the foundation of that because the further you go back in the music history, right? Especially popular music history, you got to get to R&B, then you have to get to jazz, then you have to also get to the blues itself, and you have to get to like spiritual, Southern Baptist, you know, uh, the way people, black people song, you know, post-slavery to like 1940 or something, you know what I'm saying? So the function is actually there for it to have been built on. Like we keep thinking it's these mutually exclusive things, but it's really not just the way that things evolve over time. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a sub-genre for every genre, and it's a sub-genre for the sub-genres, right? You know what I'm saying? You have death metal, you have death core, you have the difference oh, like- between hip-hop, Gangster rap and rap, right? Like there is a difference between a hip hop artist and a gangster rapper, right? They both rappers, but there's a difference. You know what I'm saying the J Cole lane is different from the Gucci Man lane. Yep, That's yep. The way it is, and it's actually refreshing <laughs> to hear you talk about music this way. It just shows to go your level of artistry, because a lot of athletes or former athletes, when they say they want to sing or rap, it's just like you know they don't take it serious. It's almost like they don't respect the genre they're in. But you actually just hearing what you just said now, you know, shows the level of seriousness. And, you know, we'll obviously have like a, a link to some of your stuff. Uh, so if you guys listening want to click on it, uh, see what he's all about. Um, what are some of the other stuff you've done uh, outside music and sports? I saw online somewhere that you, you um, try to get a hover craft, like a Star Wars kind of. Horizon hover project yeah. off the ground. Like, are you super into tech? Yep. I am into tech now. So I'm a designer. I went to fashion school after uh so I ended up getting injured. And it was called Liz Frank. And uh that's kind of what put me out of football. Uh had an injury. Uh, that injury kind of left me in a personal uh emotional crisis and limbo, looking for the new thing, always been a creative. So, like, a lot of this go back to even high school. Like, I was doing music. I was a super creative person in high school. You got to remember, nobody thinks, thought I was going to go to the league. So, I didn't have to deal with that pressure that some other athletes have to deal with, you know what I mean, and keep some type of reputation. I was always just a guy on the team that was going to do his thing, you know what I mean? It was going to work out. It is what it is. But I was always – I got to be my name first. Like, not TJ the football. I was just always TJ. So, that was a big thing. So, basically, with that, I was always been a creative person. You know what I'm saying? I'm – popularity might have seemed like it was tied to football. It was really, I had to build these things on my own, off my personality, my creativity. People always like me. We started going into that. I been was designing t-shirts in high school, designing different things in high school. So once I got done with football, I went to art school. 
major accessory design where I started to make shoes. Um, and then I let my understanding product design for fashion lead me into designing tech products and inventing. So about seven years ago, I got into technology because I started working on a phone finding phone case. When you lose your phone, you press a button and find your phone anywhere up to 100 feet. Um, and then from there, once I got into the tech space, I started to make these different connections, use external creativity. And then I'm, uh, I started to adopt this mantra that I came up with myself, which is innovate every day. So I try to create something different every day, uh, whether it be an innovation doesn't mean new to the world and also be new to you. It's going to either write a song, create a product, or create some type of fashion. So I got a long shelf of things. So in that process, we came across flying cars, technology to do these hover cars, which is, um, of course, technology is ducted fans. So it's just fans. I don't have a fan in this room, but it's basically you take a fan that's got a duct around it to get the best use of airflow. Yeah, got exactly. It. So it's like a reverse helicopter. The fan is underneath the vehicle. Okay. And it can because it's got a duct around it. So the duct, the air just keep bouncing out the duct. So you get better control of the airflow. Boom, get you out of ground effect. You're not trying to fly, you're doing something safe or hovering. So definitely been working on the hover project going to about the third, third or fourth year right now. Um I have people from, you know, former Tesla, NASA, um, SpaceX, Air Force, that was just an all-star team put together there. Um, I'm actually going to be presenting some of the stuff on my software to the Automotive Council on August 14th uh, coming up. So that's definitely been an exciting project. August that, uh, 14th, you're presenting your software to the Automotive about, like Council? Said, linking all the different things. Yeah. Um, been linking the... Uh, Creativity from music and the practicality from sports and understanding the lifestyle, aesthetic, and the selling points that come at the high level is merging that and getting more active behind the scenes. Um, because being somebody who is independent artist, my own inventor, um, and a designer, I gravitate towards the stories of other inventors and designers. And, you know, we can come together and create brands. Because if you were somebody who loves to build you're not going to be nothing without understanding the marketing and sales. So you have to put these teams together and that's, you know. Well, what are, what are, what's a way that your background in sports has helped you in your music or technology pursuits? Uh, team building and self belief and discipline. So the biggest thing is, you know, these things or in a, especially in football, just being able to exist as yourself in the face of doubt. So the good, beautiful thing about football is in sports in general, you deal with doubt every step of the way, but then you get to get in the game and change that. I was listening to something today. I think I might have ran it on Instagram, but it was just people still doubting LeBron and whatnot in basketball. And it's just weird to me because it's been proven who this person is and what this person is capable of. So when you say these things negatively, like where's that really coming from? That's how I get it. That's why I'm looking. It's been proven. Like it's a fact. The game going to get played and LeBron going to go off. What are you talking about? There's no other option yet. At the highest level he plays at, what does he face? Extreme doubt. You know what I mean? And then he quells that doubt day, game in and day out, game out with his self-believing and understanding his preparation. I guess it's just human nature, you know, especially people who are not involved in something. They just want to believe that it's not possible because maybe they can do it or something. I don't know, whatever that is. Right. And if you but and if you but if you don't have that thing in you or you don't have that experience, I fight that so hard and so we just talked about hover cars. There are a lot of people who think that I'm just just saying stuff to say stuff. Like I haven't, like I don't know the founders or the people who created this technology. Or we haven't sat in and had meeting after meeting. 
but do you find like it? Do that. you find do you do you find that particular particular to you being a black man? Like when you're in some of these rooms, people just write you off and say, "No, there's no way Definitely. you're involved in this." Hmm. Definitely, being an athlete is the only thing they kind of rewrite the waters because then they think that they can like get in with all your famous friends but definitely being black you know what i'm saying but it's not just non-black people black people treat you the worst because black people think they know everything about black people and since you brought on that subject remember most people's history of black people starts and ends with slavery they don't think about any of the things we did before slavery they don't think about all the things we invented during slavery mm. right all the things we helped create during slavery and why would even we with, even with very limited resources right Right. It was just like, man, I'm not trying to do all this hard work. Let's create some stuff to make this easier. What we did to the golf tee, we created the golf tee. Because without the golf tee, they might have been wanting to hit it off our nose or something. You know what I'm saying? You never know. So, you know, just black people's uh, legacy in the academic realm, most black people just are dismissive. But we make it like those people are like not really black, right? Because to be black, you have to work for somebody, be submissive or be angry or be some ultra underground cult figure, right? You know what I mean? Um, but we are, we are all these things. Just like everybody's all these things. You know what I'm saying? White people are all these things. Asian people are all these things. Indian people are all these things. Actually, it's weird because, right, to be melanated and not melanated is dominant and recessive genes. We never talk about the science behind why we are our skin color. We talk about the politics is after what's already happened. Black people have been around millions and millions of years. White people have been around millions and years before America, before the times of the race was brought up. But anyway, yes, of course. Of course people don't think. But that's I've learned that that can also be your best advantage because it takes a lot of pressure off. Right? I never have to be right, even if I'm right. So I don't have to walk around with that burden. I don't have to exist as the smartest guy. Um, what's done is done. We can't change what's done. So what I'm getting at, when we talk about engineering, engineers, mathematics. Once the math is done, and it's done. Like it's nothing I can do that you can do to change math. Math are the principles of the universe, right? So we talk about numbers and what numbers represent. It's so much bigger than me. You know what I mean? So there's nothing that somebody who's bothered by my skin tone can do because we're in a realm that's deeper than that. Right? So, but of course people doubt you, and of course it's going towards you black. And then like I say, for me, it caused a conundrum because they also think athletes are dumb. But you're a pro athlete, so people have to choose which dummy they want to talk to, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. <laughs> and I, I, I certainly, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, we've been able to talk on this subject of sports and American football in particular. Like you're a young man who has been, it, it, just the way we met, you know, you, you spoke about networking a lot of times during this interview and just the way we met, like we didn't know each other, but you know, right. you put yourself out on the platform. I reached out to you. We made this happen. We connected and we you know you're doing that in music, you're doing that in tech, you have your sports background. I just think there are a lot of things that you know, young men growing up can learn from what you're doing. And I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to leave a legacy on this earth uh, before you leave. Appreciate that. That's the whole point. I came across something that was like, you know, basically everything you want is actually in a person and it makes sense. So if you want to be over a, the head weatherman, it's not just going to happen because you know so much about weather. At some point in time, you're going to have to sit with whoever's going to make you the head west. Like, go through these processes to where everybody like, man, who should we pick? Yeah. And, and, yep. and some people forget that. Some people just rely on their 
talents or abilities. They refuse to recognize that human tone, that human element in it. Like I've seen that like in podcasting. I'm like, look, like we need to like, I've, during this COVID in particular, I've been trying to reach out to like advertisers, trying to reach out to podcast networks, trying to reach out to people in the industry. It's not just about being a great podcast host. Like I'm not the best host out there, but some of the opportunities I've been able to get in podcasts is because I deliberately reached out to these people. Okay, you're, you're the head of podcasting in Google. What's this? What's that? Let me consult for you guys. This is how your app should look. You know, if you're doing that as a podcaster, it's not just about putting out shows every day. And, you know, I'm piggyback. I'm piggybacking off what you said, you know, about networking, which is really important. We need more and more people doing that, particularly not just within your community, outside your community. And sometimes networking is not just only about going to the head of people up there. You can do parallel networking with your peers because you never know who's going to be what in 10 years or five years. You exactly. Know? exactly. Exactly. That's so important. I'm glad you hit the head. I mean, the nail on the head. And that's kind of what I'm trying to drive home to all people. Regardless of age, you know, we always like to look at uh, you young, you should do it. There's people of age, there's people who are even older. Like, you know what I mean? If you in your 60s and you're not ready to stop doing something, network. Talk to the younger people. Talk to the people your age. It should be a little easy because everybody in your age group should be the CEOs now, right? You better get fit in somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm big on now. And that's what I'm understanding because... You know, to close up, not to draw it on, but I want to make this point. If you look, we can all see somebody who we think is super popular, but not that talented. We can't understand why they on there. And hip hop, right? The worst rappers are always the most popular rappers. That's because they're trying their ass off with the market. Right? They made the song they made, and they went super hard getting all these followers, getting all these views. And that's why I kind of turned that light on for me, just a grind. And then a lot of things I've because uh, I did spend a lot of time cultivating my talent thinking I was going to be and it's not. So what I heard a lot was, yeah, you're talented, but, and it was like this smirk that like, that doesn't mean anything. So it's like, okay, y'all just made my job even easier. So, oh, I'm not, I don't have to practice. You do have to practice, but I'm just saying in theory, yeah. you can be good enough at your thing, be excellent at creating opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And you're going to do this excellent at the thing and won't open his mouth and he's going to have to be mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with dinner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree. There's a popular Nigerian R&B singer named Banky W. And he sings, he has a lot of hits, he sings a lot of songs. And he always says something. He said he doesn't need to hit the high notes. That he hits the right notes. That's right. all you need to do. You don't need to be like, you know, of course, you know, talent and everything you need to work hard. But you know, there are other things you don't need to neglect as well. Man, I really want to thank you for taking out time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you want to like drop your social media, tell us what you're working on if you want people to reach out to you? Yeah. So like I've talked about all my endeavors, I'm not doing everything at the same time. Right now, my current focus um, off of sports is I'm pushing that phone case that I was telling you about my first invention. Finally got everything ready to push. I'll be launching that here on a, a pre-order campaign in September. Uh, you should just follow me on Instagram at TJ right now, T-J-W-R-I-G-H-T-N-O-W, uh, where I'll be talking about just everything I'm doing. Then after that, I'll be dropping my first single. Uh, it's called Rock and Roll Thug off the track rock. Um, so, yeah, we're going to act the business first. Then we're going to launch the music. And then definitely got some big things coming up in sports as well. So if you're interested in anything like that, or that type of person, I would definitely ask you to follow me. Um, and I would definitely ask you to support what I have going on um, as an inventor. Uh, like I said, once again, it's a pop 
pop socket phone case and attachable pop socket where you press a button on your phone and find your missing phone anywhere to your feet, even if it's dead or silent. Um, dropping that in September at TJ Right Now. T-J-W-R-I-G-H-T-N-O-W. Got it. Got it. And we'll be there every step of the way if you... If- you know, lead any kind of support or any little publicity we can do, you know, on the podcast, on our website, our social media pages, uh, we'll be sure to help you any way we can. All right, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can go to our website, cultureclasspodcast.com. Uh, check us out for bonus content. Um, follow us on social media. It's Culture Class Podcast everywhere. We're on Reddit uh, and a couple of other platforms. So you guys can reach out to us wherever you are. I'm sure. Culture and, Class I know you only OnlyFans, huh? <laughs> well that's actually not a bad idea you know what I actually <laughs> I actually thought about setting up an OnlyFans account and, put, and when someone subscribes you'll just see me like reading the bible alright <laughs> 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 guys till next time have a great day alright man appreciate it